what is up people my name is reese or next gen novelist welcome back to the from zero podcast where i talk about my thoughts and experiences as an aspiring author of the next generation this week we're going to be talking about the topic of getting too caught up in the fantasy and what that basically means is writing a fantasy story, epic fantasy, high fantasy, heroic fantasy, dark fantasy, and getting a little bit too enamoured with it being a fantasy story. And um, the reason I'm talking about this is because it's something that when I read a lot of stories and when I look at my own writing, sometimes I see happening um, a fair amount where you can get a bit too excited or carried away with the fantastical elements and sometimes that can detract from the more realistic elements um i'm going to talk about realism as well in this podcast and how it relates to writing fantasy from my perspective and stuff like that just wanted to quickly say though before we get into that that i have a video that i'm going to try editing together hopefully it'll be out sometime next week where I basically it will be an audio uh, video of me having one-to-one speed uh, speed pitching sessions with agents so in my university um, there's this event they have called the North London Literary Festival I went last year when I hadn't when I wasn't even a student yet at the uni um, and I thought it was funny because I had applied for the uni and then I'd seen this literary festival thing and I was like well what's that and I looked at it and uh, and it was on specifically science fiction and fantasy which was perfect um, especially as someone who lives in the UK where we don't have as much conventions like there is in the US and so I was like oh wow there's an event for me to go to and it's free great and so uh, I went last year with my girlfriend and that was like I say before I had enrolled to the actual uni I had already accepted my place there because they'd given me an unconditional offer but um, I hadn't yet, you know, began because that was going to be in October. And I went there in March or April. So around the same time, this time last year. And uh, I thought that was quite interesting. And yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting event. And, uh, you know, it was nice that it was on science fiction and fantasy. And I was looking forward to going to the uni even more now because, you know, they had something like this. It was like it was fate. <laughs> Um, but then this year, uh, it was more literary focused, um, more politics focused, blah. and, uh, <laughs> and so, but it was still an all right opportunity, but there was only one thing I was really concerned about. Um, nothing else was really of as much benefit to me. Um, but they did have a speed pitching session with agents and, uh, I mostly went to that for, to find out if those like to see how viable my work was as uh, something that would be marketable. Issue with that was none of them handled YA. But um, it was still a nice experience. It was still nice to talk to some professionals and people who were in the industry at least. Um, it was still nice and I still thank my university for providing us with uh, that chance. But yeah, you'll be able to hear the audio of that. I'll make a video out of it and um, you'll get to hear me pitching my book to agents and 
stumbling at points with it and stuff like that. So that hopefully that will be of interest to some of you. I've never really seen something like that before. I don't know how it will play out. I plan to document a lot of things like that. Um, so that's one of my milestone videos, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that's something for you to look out for. So anyway, today's topic, getting too caught up in the fantasy. As a writer, sometimes, you know, when you're writing in a fantastical genre, you know, writing in a speculative genre, it's, you know, its main draw is the fact that it's speculative, that it's different, that it's out of this world, sometimes quite literally. And we get very excited by our magic systems and by our world building and our new, you know, flash cultures and things of that nature. But sometimes we get so excited by those things, so caught up in our magic systems that we forget about what I believe is the most fundamental, the cornerstone, I guess you could say, of a good story, which is characters. I think Brandon Sanderson, as I often always refer to, you know, was someone who said that um, stories, you know, he believes that a story, a fantasy story with good characters and everything else being just somewhat average will still be a very good book or at least a, a well-liked book, a successful book. But if your characters fall flat and you have the greatest of settings and plots, it's harder for people to like it as much, especially if setting is one of the things you're relying on. And the reason why is because of relatability. It's about connection. I'm going to talk about this in a podcast on emotive writing, but it's about making people feel as though they can actually relate to the events in your story. And as I'll often say, the characters are the eyes through which you see the story and so if those you know you want to be able to relate to those eyes and to be able to see through those eyes as clearly as possible almost as if they were your own not necessarily but you know on some level the more relatable obviously the better this is why antagonists you know we like to see antagonists with depth who are great who are you know morally ambiguous not so much on one side or the other. And we like to see this with a lot of characters. We don't like to see simplistic shades of white and, you know, black anymore because it's not as interesting to us. Um, that was obviously more trendy once upon a time, but it's not so much anymore because we don't view the world that way. You know, when we have mass media and social media and these things where we can see on a daily basis that people who we thought you were nice or people who can seem nice can come out and have this scandal and that scandal and, you know, they can tweet this one thing which isn't very nice and all of this stuff. So, you know, and are these people evil? No. You know, you might have an author that you really like and uh, it turns out that they have some political views that you don't agree with or that they have a philosophy that doesn't match up to your own doesn't mean you hate them, you know, you still love their stories, you still love their writing, you still appreciate them for who they are, but you can see that it wouldn't be very rational to say just because they disagree they're evil. The point I'm trying to make is that that level of realism in stories is something that we like and we really appreciate as modern readers. I think there's still a place to just make a completely outrageously bad person um, because, you know, you can have those characters. Someone... You know, there's always that, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but there's always that kind of scale, you know, of where it's like, oh, you know, lawful, good, chaotic, evil and all that. 
And the chaotic evil is just that force that's just out to create chaos and it doesn't really care. Um, it doesn't have any other drive besides to destroy. That's all its purpose is. It doesn't can't be reasoned with, can't be bargained with. You can't persuade it with speech level 100 on Skyrim. <laughs> all you can do is fight and defy it. And if it won't, uh, you know, if, if you can't defeat it, then it will destroy everything. And that's just it. And I think there's still an appeal to that, but I think it has to be conveyed in a certain way. I think people still want to see moral ambiguity throughout other people within your world. If you're going to have that one force that's just, or that one person that just doesn't have any redeeming qualities whatsoever. Um, but a lot of times it's lazy. Um, that's a lot of the reason why people don't like it. It's perceived to be lazy writing and I would be in agreement with that. I think a lot of times when you're not able to write a character that's complex, it's because you don't know how to. I don't think many people intentionally don't do it. It's just that they don't think to do it, which to me is just as poorly as, you know, not doing it. So um, I think that's something else to consider. You know, I've heard some people who are really into old school fantasy kind of sometimes crit criticise um, more modern fantasy saying, oh, you know, it's a little bit too modern. By that, I mean, it's too... Uh, you know, similar to the liberal kind of views that we have in modern day. And they kind of feel like, you know, that's not really how these kinds of societies would work if it's a medieval society. I get where they're coming from. However, I would say another thing that people seem to, for some reason, keep forgetting is that it's a fantasy story. Bear in mind, these stories usually take place in a secondary world, not in a world, you know, like ours. Sometimes it's ours. But even then, it's, a, you know, you could say alternate timeline, whatever. And so for you to have a society that's similar, you know, if I make a society that's similar to 1800s England, it doesn't mean it is 1800 England. OK, right. So that's something that I think has to be considered just because there's swords in your book doesn't mean that it's, you know, set in set on Earth. Right. Just because we have swords here doesn't mean it's the same. Just because we talk English here and they talk a language which sounds exactly the same as English doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it's the same. Now, that sounds like common sense. But when people sit down to write fantasy, I think sometimes there's a bit of a disconnect where sometimes people might think, oh, you know, this is fantasy and it, that means it's medieval. I'm not sure why we even have to be medieval and yeah, that's where the genre's roots are and all that. But uh, it's it's a little, for me, as someone who's not really ever fought too hard on making a medieval specific inspired fantasy story, I'm just not really, I don't know, I find it quite boring, um, to be honest. I, I think it's just too much of the same thing. You can obviously do refreshing stuff with it, but it's, I don't know, uh, I find that level of technology to be kind of dry now. So <laughs> that's just how I feel. Um, and that's part of what I'm trying to get as well. The imagination aspect, you know, so yeah, we have to have realism, but obviously this is a fantastical world. This is a speculative fiction genre. People want to see some imagination. They want to see your magic systems go to crazy places and do weird and strange and wonderful things. People want to see that. That's why they're reading these books in this genre. However, you know, there still has to be a level of realism. So, for example, when we're making magic, magic systems, as Brandon Sanderson loves to talk about, 
you know, the cost of the magic system or the restriction, the limitation of the magic system is more interesting than what the magic itself can actually do. So it's more what it can't do that is interesting. If the magic can't do something, the reason it becomes more interesting is because it's a point of conflict. And that means the character has to be smart. And also, by extension, and this is where the relatability and realism comes from, the reader gets a sense of feeling smart as well for figuring it out, maybe before the character or at the same time as the character. This is why I think young adult books are very popular and why coming of age stories are quite popular, because they're almost universal in their application. If you're a child, you're coming of age. If you're an adult, you've been through coming of age. Whereas when you're reading an adult book, well, you might have the capability to read an adult book without actually being an adult. You know what I mean? So you could be 15 and know how to read an adult book, but you're not an adult. And you, but if you're 25 and you're reading a teen book, you've been a teen. And if you're 13 and you're reading a teen book, you're a teenager. <laughs> if you're eight and you're reading a teen book, you're not a teenager, but you're going to become a teenager. And the difference between a, a teen and an adult is that teens are seen as a bit more exciting. Um, you know, those years are seen as more exciting than adult years. Adult years, at least from what I've heard a lot growing up, people kind of use it as like this, oh, you know, dismal, sad, depressing. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to turn 20 soon and my adult life is going to be great. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's how I view it. I don't view it like, oh, no, I'm going to be old and everything's going to be crap now. Um, maybe that's just my youthful optimism. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I highly doubt it. I think a lot of it's about perspective. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm getting a bit carried away. But the reason why realism, you know, is, is important to have in fantasy besides just the relatability is just because of it being more interesting. I think if you're going to have a story that's set in another world or whatever in another time, we want to see those human elements that are universal that we can all relate to. I mean, otherwise, why are we reading it? I think fantasy and sci-fi, the thing which, you know, a lot of people often will say is what makes those genres great is how on the surface how alien they can seem, how different they can seem from our own daily lives, yet how true and relatable they actually are. And that's where I think the power in those stories comes from. And I think it's why they're very popular, because they feel very close to what we experience, but it's presented to us in this way that we will never, ever know. And I think that's what makes it far more interesting than a lot of other genres i'm biased because i like speculative fiction but i'm just saying you know i think that's what it is is that we love those things and even with contemporary stories that's just you know that's again the same thing relatability people read those because they don't want to deal with all the other elements of fantasy and sci-fi and you know they're not interested in that they just want a story that they can connect with and it really does come down to connection um like i said when i talk about emotive writing I'm going to be banging on about that a lot because connection is something that's very important. It's more important to connect to something emotionally than for it to make logical sense um, is the way I view it. And I will be talking about that in more depth. So I think it's very, very important um, as a writer to understand. But that's my own view on it. Maybe not everyone agrees, but I definitely think so. So yeah, when we're making these fantasy stories having some thoughts put into why we're doing things and considering the decisions we're making 
how we build our characters we construct them in a way where it's like you know what this person is going to have motivations that someone in the real world would have yeah maybe you know this person's a chosen one maybe this person is a knight's templar and nobody that i know in the real world is a knight's templar but knight's templar in history a chosen one even as a fictional person they're still a person and so they're going to have motivations like any person will and their motivation may be that they just want to look after their family. They just want to protect their friends. They just want everyone to be all right. They just want peace. Maybe their motivations is to bring chaos. There are definitely people in the real world who want to do that. You know, they want to sow the seeds of dissent. They want to bring issues to people. And sometimes they want to do this just because they're psychotic. Sometimes they want to do this because they genuinely think it's necessary. They think the world needs to be given a kick of chaos in order to shift you know this is what a lot of revolutionaries are like you know it's like all right we're gonna have this upheaval of chaos and issues and problems but it's gonna you know it may it may hurt in the short term but in the long term we're going to be grateful for it so those are very human motivations and they're interesting ones to explore as well they're interesting you can tell entire stories about that and it can be fascinating but at the same time it can be in a world that is completely different to our own. So, I think this is a podcast that I'm going to keep a little bit shorter than usual, because I don't actually have a lot to say on it. It's not the biggest of topics. And I think that's pretty much it. You know, just something I would say, you know, is just something I often do is, like I said in my video about writer's block, is I often think about why I'm doing something. I question things I'm putting in my book and I say why am I doing things like this I would implore you to think about why you're doing things to try and make sure that the fantasy aspects of your story whilst they can be exciting and different you don't get too carried away with them and you don't forget that we as readers want to be able to relate to your writing in your worlds and your characters and that's pretty much all I've got to say remember to keep a lookout for the video I'm going to have with the audio clips from the speed pitching with the agents and um, yeah, that's all I've got to say, and I'm out. Peace.